Here's a question for you. When someone says God loves you or Jesus loves you, what does that mean? ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. This is Season Zero, Episode 7. We're going to get into it a bit today. I love the way you use I love the way that you use me. That song, Don't Tell Me You Love Me, is... I felt like I should kick this thing off with that. And I do in this podcast. I'll start with music that's a little dark, right? Um, To have a from death to life sort of message is why I do that. Um, the, The facts are that that statement, Don't Tell Me You Love Me, Um, that's a real thing. We get to places in our lives and through our relationships and through brokenheartedness that we can arrive there. And I I think it's a question. The energy seems to be like the heart growing colder, right? You know, anger is so closely tied with sexual addiction and, and unwanted compulsive sexual behavior because of the relational aspect, because of our relationship with control, wanting to see things turn out in a way where where affection is stirred. And when affection isn't stirred, we feel like love is failing us. And that's that's part of my passion in, in doing this podcast. And something that I've seen in 10 years of doing this podcast is this disconnect between love and affection, right? Like defining love as affection is not accurate, but love, real love has the power to warm the heart and stir those affections from the inside out. What else is going on? Uh, I'm excited about this month, the month of May. Uh, Seth Taylor and I are kicking off Season 5 with a live event in Seattle, by the way. Throwing that out there at Seattle Serve Chapel. Will you be able to listen to it live? No, it's going to be a recording. We're going to record the podcast there, edit it later. So if you want to see it happen in person, it's going to be on Capitol Hill in Seattle, Washington, right in the gritty city. And I love it. A hundred-year-old monastery. Also on the website, I I tour the monastery with Kyle, who is uh, one of the guys in charge down there uh, for the Union Gospel Mission. And so, yes, mark your calendars, 7 o'clock, May, Friday the 13th. 
which I couldn't I couldn't think of a better day. I love Friday the 13th. I'm one of these guys who uh, it's my lucky day, right? I'm weird like that. So looking forward to that. And today, the interview I'm going to play for you, I recorded six months ago. All right. So through some of my own transition and man, things are changing. I was exchanging some uh, emails with with Paul Young, and we're talking about the shift in in people are people are in such transition, and it's beautiful the way folks are working out their faith in the real world, dragging these things like compulsive sexual behavior and where we've messed up relationally, bringing these things out into the light, not being afraid of them, not being you know, filled with shame over the fact that we don't have it all together because we don't. And we can be honest about that and let Jesus be our savior and not religion, right? Not dogma or doctrine, not our own fragile relationship as leaders with the rest of the world, right? Uh, I'm putting myself in that, and that's where I'm speaking from when I say this uh, about being in transition. The reason I I sat on this interview for so long is I I felt sort of embarrassed uh, by questions I didn't ask and the way I handled things. I had some of this hard heart and and really trying to figure out what it means to be in spiritual community. So that's where I was at, working out my relationship with God and why I had sat on this this conversation for so long. And it, it I listened to it yesterday while I'm driving around, and it's a it's a great conversation that I had with with Alex here. And th- I thank Alex early for for being on the podcast. And uh, hopefully he understands being sitting on it for so long. Uh, but it, it was good. It was a good conversation. It's funny how some of this music, talking about love songs, right? How they stir the heart. You know, songs that aren't like Christian or religious, but songs about a love interest or about romantic love towards another human being also have these echoes, these fingerprints of God on them. Yes, I wanted to post this today because I think it's it's incredibly important. And because Alex is a great guy, I think he's shaking things up in Christian leadership out there, and I appreciate that about Mr. Early. But the really, you know, the main crux of this conversation is God loves you, that message is 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 at the fabric for me all right 
it, it gets to the fabric of, of the d- definitions of love and life, right? Like from life to death um, type of stuff. If God loves you, that means everything. If that's really tangible in a relational type of paradigm, that changes everything. It is the difference between life and death. It is the, the definition of life itself at its core. To say God loves you and to know that God loves you are two very different things. Uh, I'll, I'm going to get right into it at the other end of this bumper some uh, 80s metal here from a band called Crocus. Like 30 year old uh, metal. Alright. So we brushed the dust off this one. And it's funny how some of these these songs that have to do with romantic love ha- have an illumination in our relationship with God as well. Right. There you go. This is called Screaming in the Night. <laughs> going man great thank you so you uh you're back in town kind of visiting checking things out yeah, yeah. So, so you moved how how long were you gone uh from seattle yeah well i'm from atlanta uh lived out here in seattle for a year and some change uh worked at mars hill for a while right and then uh went down to reno uh served a church there for uh just over two years i think and now I'm just kind of on a sabbatical back in Atlanta. I'm finishing seminary, doing some more writing, uh, and really just kind of looking at what the Lord would have us do next. You know, right. it's church planting and all that. And so just kind of praying it through and hanging right. out and figuring it out. Seeing what's going on out totally. there. And totally. So I, yeah, I was encouraged to have this interview with you. Um, I had some folks that, that said, because I was like, you know, I don't know. Do I want to have another pastor guy on the podcast? Sure. Um, but you wrote a book that uh, ha- has made some pretty good impact. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even heard people say that you're. This is kind of a modern day Brendan Manning type of a <laughs> type of a work, which that that get, grabs <laughs> my attention. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's he's yeah. laughing. I love him. So, but my, in my journey, in my faith walk, um, my addiction, my sexual issues that I've had for years, um, I went through some recovery from alcohol, uh, drinking myself unconscious on a regular basis to uh, drug addiction. Um, I was involved in cocaine, methamphetamine, um, just about 
ready to yeah. kill myself, right? Yeah. Walking into a like a twelve step meeting. I was first forced into the twelve step recovery system by the state of Washington when I was sixteen and I drank myself to death. Gotcha. So wow. the sex thing though was something that, that just I mean I still drink and I, I sure. did, but it's going from you know, the sin is drunkenness. It's not drinking, right? right. There's, there's excess. There's places we push ourselves. Right. But with the drugs, I, I finally have uh, like 26 years. I've had a, a lot of r- really good... And I prided myself on some of that. Like here's... Here, here, here's I, I've overcome... I've seen through, you know, God walking with me even. Mm-hmm. Um, the, this recovery from, from drugs. And now... But 10 years ago... Um, I finally started to see some change in, in the sexual stuff. Right. Um, 2003, it got to the point where I'm going to disease my wife or kill myself because my sexual addiction was compulsion, whatever the new buzzword is. It's out of control. Was, was really out of control. Right. And it was coming back to part of the message of your book. Now, now you wrote a book, and yes, we're going to talk a little bit about your book. We're going to... We're going to talk about life and, and a little bit about community and, and church and stuff cool. as well. Cool. But the book is called The Reckless Love of God, Experiencing the Personal, Passionate Heart of the Gospel. Um, what is getting to the premise of this, how do you think this would impact someone who is really struggling with sexually? Like maybe they're, they're just habitually... I did it again, Alex. What the heck is wrong with me? Yeah. How can God love me yeah. when I've got this going on? Yeah, uh, and that's uh, hearing A, your story, and then hearing where you're coming from and what you've come through so far. Just, uh, man, just, just to see the grace of God in your life is, is incredible. And so just as a you know, recovering addict, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. Just so I, I'm celebrating the wins with you first. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, what do you say to somebody to who's like, oh, no, I did it again. Uh, this addiction isn't going away. It's right. not letting up. How can God love me? Because, you know, like St. Paul talks about sexual sin. Every sin's outside the body, and then he gets to sexual sin. He's like, and this one's against our own body. And gosh, I feel so I just feel dirty, used, trashy, gross, vile. Hip, hip, hypocrite. Hypocritical. Yeah. I'm in the gutter. I just I feel dirty. Yeah. Uh, and then how could God ever want me, love me, care about me with all my junk? Um, I think when I, when I think of Jesus... If he were sitting across the table listening to somebody talk like that, I think his heart breaks for people. Mm. Um, I think Jesus Jesus hates our self-hatred. Mm. I think Jesus hates our own self-rejection. Right. Um, I think... Not to, like, I don't want to misspeak certainly about our Lord, but what I do think is that if Jesus 
how Jesus treats people in the Gospels gives us such an incredible window into the very nature and heart of God, right? I mean, that's what the incarnation is, essentially, right? It's right. Uh, God now has a face. God can be seen. Right. And God so that, walked around among us. Right. Entered right. time and space. Right. Right. That's big. That's very big. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, it, it changed history, didn't it? Mm. And it changed you and me. Um, so when you think about how does God feel about me? For Christians, we believe that we don't, we're not left to, to speculation, but rather we believe in something called revelation. Mm. That God has revealed himself, his will, his nature, his character, his essence, his desires, his feelings right. in the person and the work of Jesus. And so in our shame, in our addiction, in our ugliness, in our brokenness, we can look into the gospels and say, well, how does God feel about me? Well, we, it, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Mm-hmm. Essentially, and then he says in, uh, elsewhere in John five, where he talks about you know I only do what the Father leads me to do, right? I can only do what my Father does, and so right. what you see Jesus doing is putting the heart of God completely on display, not just in the words of the prophets, but in actual physical flesh and blood, right? Right, right. and so then you go find well, let's find the broken in the Gospels, and let's look at how Jesus handles them. Right, and that's a big part of that is um, biblical interpretation. Sure. I've seen doing this podcast for like 10 years now. This is a 10-year, I've <laughs> put it away for a long time, right. picked it back up, but right. it's been off and on. Yeah. This month is, is a 10-year anniversary wow. of doing this thing. And just emails I, I've had in the past and, and seeing how some interpretations of the Bible... Yeah. Some religious ways that people work out how they, you know, in their head, mm-hmm. right? How they think about God, right. how God thinks about them, right? Um, is, is toxic. Yeah, it's it's in some folks, even me. Like when I I first met with a couple of pastors because I I couldn't afford a real counselor. Right. I knew I was out of control of my behavior. Right. My wife was about to leave me, right. and I went desperately met with these two pastors, my mom's church, right. and uh, and they were gracious and they under- listened. And mm-hmm. um, but long story short, just approaching these guys hmm. was very difficult. Yeah, because of my yeah. upbringing. Like sure. I knew there was something to this Jesus guy. Sure, but I still, you know, the religion stuff. Like I didn't even want to teach it to my kids anymore. Yeah, it was yeah. just so shame ridden and 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 muddy guilt, guilt yeah. and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, God wants me to straighten my ass up, yeah, and then maybe He'll accept me, yeah, yeah. And there's <laughs> still, you know, and it's almost does that that still kind of creeps into yeah. to people's hearts, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it does. I think it does. I think it's, uh, you know, our default mode. Well, I can just speak for me and maybe for you and maybe for a lot of our listeners is that our default mode as human beings is is just that I need to clean my act up. I need to get it together in order to be presentable. I mean, my gosh, I'm, I'm going before God. I'm talking about me and God here. Certainly I've got to do something to clean myself up. And then with... Uh, 
you know, all the guilt and all the shame and all that kind of stuff that comes with uh, misrepresentations of God through people, um, yeah, it, can, it really muddies and makes the water quite murky. Right. Um, and did you, know, you did you face that in your own life? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have. And um, what I want to say before I speak about that is, is, is this <laughs> is is the uh, shameful acts. Uh, we should be ashamed of shameful things. Right. Right. Just like we should not honor what's dishonorable. Like right. right. So if we've committed something shameful, we should be ashamed. Right uh, or feel so, shame. Or feel shame. For the, the way I look at it is, is there's a difference between guilt and shame. Yeah, there is. So guilt is a positive emotion. Like if we do something right. bad, we should feel bad. Right, right, right. Shame um, is more external. Shame is yeah, it's sort of a uh, not just I did bad, but I, I, I am, am bad. bad. I am bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and so when you when we start talking about like the love of God, the grace of God, and dealing with guilt and shame and addiction and this and that. What I want to be careful to tell people is this, is going, if you just talk all about the grace of God in a flippant, careless kind of way, yeah. we, could, we could fall off the side of the horse, you know, people call it antinomianism, you know, against the law, we're grace abusers. Um, so I want to be careful with that. Um, and at the same time, I want to emphasize just how outrageous, over-the-top, completely scandalous the grace of God really is so that we understand we are absolutely safe and secure in the arms of God as a mess. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, personally, like, I've, I've struggled with uh, a lot of shame. I, I, I've, you know, never been an addict to, to, to sexual, you know, things uh, or alcohol. I've never, I've never had an addiction Mm-hmm. Um, by God's grace, uh, but um, what about a really bad habit? Ah, uh, <laughs> of course I've had bad habits. I suppose <laughs> I think I think my my default was this was religious okay. performance. Uh, so I grew up in a in a in a Christian home in the South uh, in the Baptist Church, and for all the good things that I learned, uh, and, and that's where I met Jesus as a fifteen year old. Um, I still um, I picked up some things that I that really weren't good that weren't helpful uh, that was I really thought at the end of the day God wanted to hire me as an employee rather than <laughs> right. than love me as His own son um, and I really believed that and so I that 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 became my foundational that was the foundation of my life you know the building was constructed upon that right. that idea that I I got to work for God so that means. I was motivated by trying to keep up and uh, impress other people uh, with my religious performance and diligence and devotion. Right. I definitely needed to impress God and most certainly needed to impress myself. But that was just, it's, so it was a lot of legal. So how Brendan Manning used alcohol, you used I did religion. religious performance. I did religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, Drunk on religion. Drunk on religion. Quite, li- yeah, yeah. So that's where I went. And there is an intoxication factor. There right? was. There was. There really was. Um, and it's, um, you know, uh, one of my buddies was telling me, uh, one of his his friends uh, was a is a recovering alcoholic, and he said, you know what I did? I traded my alcoholism for theology. 
Right. And so he's like, because I love, and so I just dove headfirst into theology because if I'm really good at systematic theology, I'm still in control. Right. I mean, he felt that the alcohol gave him a sense of control. He felt his theology gave him that same high. And it wasn't until later that he really realized, like, oh my gosh, I'm basically using theology like a drug. Um, right. That's what and, one of my friends called it a, a certainty addiction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so that's the route I went. Um, and so it was very, very diligent in giving, serving, tithing, praying, reading, evangelizing, going, doing, just going with all I have and cre- doing as much as I possibly could. But more times than I care to admit, really, it came from a heart that really didn't believe that deep down, Jesus loves me. Right. Deep down. He just wants to use me. In fact, that's why I always prayed, God, use me. Right. I, I would pray that prayer, God, use me for your glory. And that sounds like a pretty righteous, pious, right thing that Christians should pray. Right, right? I did. God, I pray, <laughs> pray. Right? Shouldn't Christians pray, right. God, use me? Yeah. But, you know, not when you think you're his employee. Mm. Right. Like, I thought that way. Oh man, I thought that way for so long, over a decade. Um, gosh, and really uh, engaged God that way. My employer right. looking, and so I can see it in your face. Like it hurts to admit that. Right? No, it's or, brutal. I'm, because I miss those years. Right. I miss those years I could have had with my Abba Father, right. rather than a divine employer. And right. um, yeah, that. Um, so, uh, but it, but also it, it makes me extremely grateful for what I have now in my relationship with Jesus. And so, um, yeah, being driven. So that's why I would pray that prayer. God, use me. But what I really meant, my, the real translation from my twisted heart and false understanding of the gospel was God, use me, really meant um, God, make me look great in front of a religious community. Right. That's what I really, really thought. Like, now, a, like a stamp of approval. On yeah, a, on yeah, on that's what I really wanted. Meat or something. I didn't Aids. really... Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> really concerned with the glory of God. Right. I was really concerned with earning my keep. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Now, where did... Um, part, of, part of this story, and I've been delving into my own story, and part of this has to do with, with Mars Hill. Yeah. So Mars Hill was an instrumental and, and a very positive... Had a positive effect on my life. Yeah. But also a pretty dang... Dreadful one when sure. it collapsed sure. and started going sure. sideways. Yeah. So, so where where did Mars Hill come into play for this? So, you were yeah. hired as a pastor, yeah. Or yeah. did you? Yeah, I, I went to work at Mars Hill in uh, 2012 and came up and joined the residency program and uh, you know different ideas and came up. With, what are we going to do with Alex? Are we going to send him somewhere and plant her? Right. And so eventually I became the lead pastor at Mars Hill Ballard for a season. Right. And uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, Mars Hill had a profound impact on a lot of us, didn't it? And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so there's. So that was when Mark left? When, yeah, uh, yeah. He Mark started had, preaching in Bellevue. Yeah, he had been over in Belle, Bellevue for, I guess, maybe a year at that point by the time I got here. Um, but uh, it may be longer. I'm, I'm not real sure, uh, honestly. But, but yeah, I mean, for all the you know all the stuff you see in the media, 
you know. Uh, gosh, what do you say other than I'm Mars Hill and the X29 Church Planting Network? The, uh, you know, they had a, the breakup and all that went down. Right. But all of that stuff rolled into my life at, at a season of life where I didn't know where I belonged or where I could fit. Right. Uh, as but a, was it anything with that kind of employee or, or performance base? I, man, that's a great question. Um, I I can't I can't deny it. I think yeah. so. I yeah. think uh, it was in me to want to kind of climb a ladder. Right. You know, and uh, and Mars Hill was a great place to do uh, that. Right. Boy, yeah. 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 And so, yeah. So. Yeah, all that kind of came in at a time where not only was it like I, I, you know, I was reformed in my soteriology. I wanted to be live this missional, missionary lifestyle, gospel-centered, empowered by the Spirit. All the stuff that we talked about for mm-hmm. years, you know. That finally, I found a place where I was like, "Gosh, I think I fit in." Finally, you know, I, I hadn't seen all this kind of stuff before with different approaches to worship and mission and church planting I was all new to me you know and so yeah I was quite attractive so part of it was yeah the employer thing you know needing to prove myself or justify myself or sure uh, that's in there but it was also just like mind blown with what was going on up here in Seattle and Right, how fast it was growing. Yeah, all of it. And, all the and, fruit. And, and hearing the and hearing the, just the content too, going, gosh, this isn't just a bunch of fluffy whatever. You uh, know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's how I ended up out in Seattle for that season of life. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And it's getting to that community aspect of, of faith, you know, and, and yeah. learning to learning to trust and mm. and going through all of that with, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's one thing to have just maybe financial issues, you know, mm-hmm. I remember Mars Hill had the, you know, financial sure. thing and we, my wife and I went and mm-hmm. talked about the bills or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a totally another thing to have, you know, your marriage falling apart and something like that yep. and, and going to a place you can trust where they're going to be, you know, is this, is this going to be safe? For me and my family, you know, to mm-hmm. to delve into that, mm-hmm. and so you're you're a part of the the Acts Twenty Nine, yeah, yeah, network, yeah, yeah. I was with those guys for uh, uh, several years, and and still hang out with all of them right now. Right now, I'm not a uh, a lead pastor or a church planter in the Acts Twenty Nine network. Just kind of taking right. a sabbatical right now, but yeah, I've ran with those dudes for for years, right. dear friends. Yeah. So part of yeah. the part of the I'm just maybe going after your soul coming out and, and giving birth to this this book, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in and, and in because you know, I mean, the Act Twenty Acts Twenty Nine kind of got a, a black eye when with Driscoll and that whole thing as well. And so, uh, you know, it's part of it is is that and trusting some of the reform stuff and. Yeah. You know, you you wrote something like this, and I'm going, yeah, this guy doesn't sound as as reformed as some of the <laughs> the Acts 29 people may have, because that's that's a criticism I've heard. Sure, is that people, all these guys are just over the top reformed, and yeah. they're in some kind of club or something, and <laughs> you know, I mean, people react out of hurt, uh, you know, and, and distrust. Sure, sure. So, yeah, but uh, that, but how did that play out? I mean, how did it? 
being, I don't, you know, not that you would tell anybody else's story, sure. but just from your perspective, being sure. with Acts 29, uh-huh. in, in learning to trust and learning to walk through yeah. what you wrote, yeah. you know, as opposed to a lot of that kind of hyper-reformed, Jesus bought you, now you have to right. whatever, I don't know. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, after after everything that happened with, with Mars Hill and you know, I, I mean, my heart breaks over everything that happened, like thousands of people do. Uh, so I want to uh, be, you know, I certainly don't have anything ugly to say, or we don't have to rehash right. all. And I'm not trying out. to stir up drama or anything. I'm just, I'm after trust yeah. in community because yeah. I know trust people after. There's a are, lot of people are still hurting. People yeah. still not connected with spiritual community. Right. Right. I think, you know, and that's the hardest thing in the world. Once you, once you lose trust, it's real hard to regain it. Once you get burned really hard by a church, a pastor, a friend, a spouse, a whoever that's close yeah. to you that you really trusted, and they burn you to rebuild trust, I think it it's that's a really tall order. Yeah. And a lot of people don't want to get, pay it. They're going, no, I'm done with you. I'm done with all of it. I'm walking away. Right. That's a, that's a, it happens to a lot of people. And so, and it's easy to go after him too. Yeah, yeah. Like make him out to be the bad guy, right? Because I need a bad guy, right? right? Yeah. And so I think with, with I think with rebuilding trust, I think it takes time. It takes intentionality. I think it takes real vulnerability and going. Either I will or I won't be a trusting person. And the moment I decide to not trust and not enter into real community and real relationships as a human being and keep myself closed off that's the day I start withering up as a person right. I start to wither up in fact and as a Christian I, I, your faith will wither so quickly under that um, and that abundant life that Jesus came to give you it's really it really doesn't feel like abundant life anymore because you were designed for community you were made in the image right. of God and God himself is a community Right. Between the Father, Son, and Spirit, He designed us to be in community with one another, yeah. and so to go. You know, I don't trust anymore, so I'm out. It's like that's not the card we get to play as Christians. Yeah. We can be hurt. We should go to therapy and counseling and work it through. At yes and amen, you know, and have conversations that you got to have. All that, but rather, you see, bear one another's burdens. Yeah, go to one another, confront your brother. You know, talk it out. Right. You know, he never. You say you're without sin. You're a yeah. liar. Right. It's like, it's not yeah. You need each other. Mm-hmm. In fact, your Paul uses that metaphor: the body and the eye and the hand and the foot. Like we need one another, yeah. and Jesus is the head. And so the reality is, is I need others in my life, regardless if I if I want to trust. I need I need them because God says I need them. Right. And I don't presume to know more than God. And God came after me in relationship. Right. And, so, and that's the thing. It's like, okay, over here I got burnt by mm-hmm. relationships. Sure. And it's, it's having to enter in. Yeah. And, it, and that's really a, a big trusting issue. Yeah. That's part of that scandalous part that you talk yeah. about as well. Is yeah. we're walking back into scandal. Yeah, you know, it's like okay, I got burnt by this, but I'm going to go back to the flame. Yeah, and 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 it is a risk. I mean, relationships are risky. That's right. But you know what's more risky? You thinking you can make it on your own because you can't. You can't do it. That's right. People will hurt you again, and that's what's sad. And that's what oh, it's it's awful to know that 
People are here in the world. We've been burned once. We'll, we can be burned again. But it's we're not just trusting others. We're trusting God yeah. in it to go, God, if it goes sideways again, you caught me this time. I know you'll catch me again. But my approach to my relationships is not going to be one based out of just fear and keep my dukes up. But rather, I'm going to go into this relationship and I'm going to give my friend a clean slate. All right. And I'm going to be open and honest with my community, too, and go, look, guys, I'm not the most trusting because I had some issues happen in the past, but I'm taking some steps in this direction. So help me, because there's probably going to be a day where I'm not wanting to trust or open up. That's part of of why I'm here talking with you now, you know, against my better... It's not my better judgment, but that's <laughs> but that's a thing in the back of my head going, oh, this was a Mars Hill guy, he's an yeah. Act 29 guy. So part yeah. of me is still back there sure. kind of saying, hey, don't trust, don't yeah. trust, yeah. don't trust. Yeah. And so part of me, but but I love what you wrote. I, I think that that your heart and, and seeing tears in your eyes as you talk about the, the love of Christ, mm. you've been through some shit, man. Yeah, dude. And uh, it's been real, and it's good to to, to see your heart yeah. in that. Yeah, it's been it's been real. <laughs> yeah, and it's, through through the relationship, because that's I guess in in my in my view of things, um, I, I have a sober judgment. I, I guess towards other people, uh-huh. like I, I realize that if I'm around people long enough, they're going to hurt me. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, they just are. Uh-huh. I don't know how deeply. You know, it, it, and that's how we kind of open ourselves up to be vulnerable slowly over time. Yeah. You know, yeah, it yeah. takes some time to let people behind the counter yeah. and go, you can come back here where most people don't come. I'm going to let you back exactly. here. Yeah. But that takes time. And some of those people that you let behind them, they might hurt you. They might yeah. say something yeah. and then we got to deal with, but it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. And that's part of us being in relationship with Christ. Yeah. That's different than religion. I guess what would you say as far as the the real and the personal part uh, of your faith now, as opposed to you know during the the kind of works based employee of yeah. God? Yeah. I mean, it had to get personal at some point, it did. deeply it did. personal. It did. Heartbreaking, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and in the book I talk about that uh, a good bit. Different sufferings from you know going through a pretty brutal miscarriage to losing my dad at age 56 a couple of years ago just suddenly died unbeknownst to you know uh, a lot of suffering yeah. in, in the story um, and so it, it's been a it's been a process it, it wasn't just like one day uh, but it's been a, a process of coming to really understand who I am as a child of God right. and how that's not a small thing that's a really big thing um, so it came through suffering and it came through really understanding that Jesus not only suffers for me but he suffers with me right. and really believing that when my heart breaks God's heart breaks right. um, and really believing that he takes me seriously and that my suffering isn't insignificant or purposeless uh, right. in the world and that He's not just some disconnected, deistic kind of God just watching us down here squirm right. like some mean God up there, like a big bully with in the sky. Right. Yeah, frying us <laughs> right. you know, with a magnifying glass. Mm-hmm. That's not God at all. Right. And really seeing 
Jesus sees me down here. He loves me down here. And he can't stomach the idea of going on in heaven without me. Right. And so he came to get me. Yeah, that's a different kind of message. Then. Yeah, yeah, he wanted me. Right. And I think he's, I think he's pleased with his purchase. Right. I don't think he's going to take his salvation back. I think he loves me. I think he's crazy about me. Right. Through no works of my own. <laughs> right. In fact, the only thing I, what was it? Was it John Owen or Jonathan Edwards? One of the guys. I probably got both of them wrong. But one of those old dudes said, you know, the only thing you contributed to your salvation was the sin that you needed to be saved from. Like, <laughs> right. I think he's right on whoever said that. Like, that's it. But yeah, I think Jesus is absolutely head over heels for me. Right. And, um, and it's, and part of it is some, something you said earlier about, um, about ourselves. Yeah. And there's a lot of kind of disconnect with the self and a lot of Christian theology, especially yeah. reformed yeah. Christian theology. Certainly. Certainly. Like we don't want to talk about the self because, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's too man-centered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's too, it sounds too new age or yeah. Buddhist or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like we want to distance ourselves from that. Sure. But there's really is something to what you just said about God being crazy about you, yeah. and and that you're, um, as as my friend Paul Young would say, you're a good creation. Yeah, yeah. I'm and, a new creation. Yeah, and and I'm not just God's creation. I'm I'm God's child, and um, you know, I think if anything, really, what we need to be thinking about and studying right now, just as Christians in the world, is when you look at your newspaper headlines we've got to start really thinking about what it means to be made in the image of God yeah the what modern is that, day what is that really really talking about I mean with Planned Parenthood Black Lives Matter Syrian refugees yeah. I mean and on and on it goes everything is an assault on the image of God yeah you know, and, and, so, and I would even go so far as to say an assault on humanity. Right, right. So, what's it mean to be? What's it mean that God made me? Yeah. What's it? And what's it mean to be a person? And what's my soul, psyche, self? What is all of this that's that makes me me? Right. Um, how does God feel about that part of me? Right. Uh, and that's the part that Jesus came to heal. And address. In fact, it came to a heal and address and everything. I mean, he's going to make all things new. But specifically, when it comes down to individuals, he, he issues that summons to everyone. Come to me, every one of you who are tired and burdened, and I'll give you rest for your soul right. and your psyche. You, you, I'll, I'll, I'll give that part of you that's exhausted on the hamster wheel of life. I'll, uh, I'll take you. Yeah. And, uh, that's a big part of it. We just carry burdens around. Yeah, we were never yeah. meant to carry. We're, we, we're, we're weighed yeah. down by stuff that, that's, yeah. not, that's not what we're meant to. No, no, no. We're not, we're not pack mules for oh. <laughs> like, you know, the bills and right. all of the future. <laughs> yeah, I think, right? I think you're right on. We're, we're not pack mules. That's, that's a good way to put that. And uh, we really are carrying... As human beings, I mean, when you walk up and down just Ballard Ave today, every person you see, you know, it's actually sunny outside today, so people have to have their sunglasses on. But 
everybody behind those sunglasses, you never know who's choking down tears yeah. behind those sunglasses. And what kind of weight they're carrying. What they're really carrying. Yeah. What family members in the hospital. What addiction they're currently running from. Yeah. Um, things are Bills that are overdue. All this stuff People is are, yeah. pressure. Yeah, there's anxiety. There's pressure. There's... There's addiction, there's sin, there's wickedness, there's all that going on in the world. And so I think it's, it's so important that we as Christians continually remind ourselves of the great love of God. That in our addictions, in our ugliness, on our worst day, while we were still sinners, Romans 5.8, Jesus died for us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, that, and that dying for us isn't just a, it's a purchase, but it's not just a heartless like that's where that's where I like about where you're, you're going in your book is is in in reformed theology there seems to be so much of this sorry if I'm cutting you off uh-huh. but I, I had good. to I had to no, jump in no, there no, but <laughs> well, what you're saying so there's a lot of this um Jesus died for my sins mm-hmm. and then and so I am I feel good about that right mm-hmm. but it, it's way more than just a, a purchase just a yeah just a, a transaction of, yeah. of economics yeah. it's a it's a deep, heartfelt, yep. you know, relational... Yeah, he purchased... Yeah, this was not just a cold transaction. Yeah. This is, this is deeply intimate. Yeah. This is a really... I mean, this is what Jesus gets at in the upper room with the boys the night before he dies for them. He starts talking about, abide in me, make your house in me, right. and I'll build my house in you. Meaning, I'm your living room, and you're my living room. We're going to get to know each other. Right. I'm staying. Yeah. This is not a cold business meeting. This is <laughs> right. not a, you're not my employee. Mm-hmm. You're not just a nameless face in the crowd. Mm-hmm. I love you. Yeah. And I love you enough to give my life for you. Right. And not just our life, our human life, the divine son of God, sinless, right? And I, my friend Ben Reagans told me one time, we were sitting by the fire and I said, uh, man, I, we were talking about this very thing. Uh, I said, I just can't believe Jesus loved me enough to die for me. And Ben goes, dude, he loves you more than that. He loved you enough to come back and get you. Yeah. And that really drove it home for me, going, you're right. He got up from the dead for me. He came back and he got me. Yeah. And uh, so we're not, when we talk about Jesus dying for us, we're not talking about some cold, impersonal transaction. We're talking about the craziest love affair in the history of the universe. Yeah. The most over-the-top, backwards, scandalous thing that could <laughs> ever happen. That's the scandalous part. He came down and got me. Yeah. When I was spitting at him, gnashing my teeth at him, and all my sin. Me too, yeah, he, man. That's when he came and got me. Yeah. And uh, when I was cursing wow. God. Yeah. He, he Going, I don't want to teach this shit to my children. Yep. He loved you. He yeah. loved you anyway. Yeah. He loved you anyway. And pursued. And he pursued you. And he gave you a broken heart and repentance. I mean, that's what's crazy about it is that in his scandalous love, the kindness of God leads us to repentance. Romans right. 2, right? So we're going, in my... I don't want to teach my kids this stuff and I'm having the worst day of my life. You know, and we're in that hot mess. Uh... It's the kindness of God yeah. that leads us to repentance. And he comes and loves you in that moment where you're just a total mess. That melts your heart down in a way that the law just doesn't. Right. Someone just yelling, shut up and repent. Change your attitude. That's not going to do it. Right. 
when you see Jesus bleed out for you in that moment and say, I still want you. Right. It's very true. Oh, well, now I, now I want to know him. Like, this is, okay, you got me. Right. You got, you got me. <laughs> somebody right mm -hmm. the, the whole higher power concept in recovery is huge like right I got me into this situation and and, and I'm, my power isn't strong enough to get me out right now there's a lot of competing philosophies on that just right. be awesome you know try your hardest do better and right. you're you know get on a new track and yeah you know get be the most awesome you you can be and the most awesome me i could be could barely get my ass out of bed and hold down a job <laughs> right yep so if you were to challenge someone to, to talk to jesus you you mm. think jesus really honors that yeah. like the most unbelieving person listening right now that's really struggling with this stuff if yeah. he you think that he could ask god that, that god would reveal himself in a, in a real way not just a, a pithy feeling but a, a real way to, to somebody if, if they ask god to to reveal himself to them gosh what a massive question would god reveal himself to the most broken-hearted to the most Addicted to Jared Fogle today. Yeah. Uh, that news story came down. Right. He handed a 16 year prison sentence. Yeah. 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 Nobody's. Nobody in this world's gone too far. Nobody's outside the bounds of the love of God. As hard as that is to say sometimes. Because some people have just been so horrible. Going, how could God love that guy? Look what he just did, yeah. or whatever. And you go, no, the arm of the Lord is not too short to save. Jesus found himself surrounded by drunks, prostitutes, tax collectors, the the, the not good enoughs, the throwaways, the really the, the violent. Some bad people in society, oh. right? I mean, that's what they would have been called, the bad guys. And he, and he hung up. And he, he was, was their he friend. Was attracted to him. He was, <laughs> and they were attracted to him. Yeah. They, in, in fact, they grumble about him in Luke 15, you know, 1 and 2, where he's sitting there eating lunch with them. And the Pharisees show up, and they see Jesus hanging out with this bunch. And, he sa and they say about him, 
Look at this man. He receives tax collectors and sinners and eats with them. Yeah. Like disgust, like the religious. Yeah, so he receives them, meaning he warmly welcomes them. Yeah. And, um, wow. So if, a, if somebody in their own brokenness with all their messed up self right now says, Jesus, I, my soul is messed up. I'm tired. My, I'm confused. I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. I'm poor in spirit. I'm broken. I'm backwards. <laughs> right. And on and on it goes. I'm sinful. Jesus, will you come and make me clean? He will. He really will. Um, and that's not just some pithy. No. No. Religious. No, that's philosophy. The, that's the real stuff, man. That's yeah. the life-changing power of the gospel through repenting of sin. Like, Jesus, this is all. I've, this is everything I know about me. In fact, there's more to me that I don't know right. in there that's broken and sinful. I repent. Would you give me a new heart? Would you cleanse me of my unrighteousness? Would you forgive me? Would you make me new? I absolutely believe that He will. He said, you know, to the disciples on one occasion, as often as you come to me, I'll never cast you out. Right. Like every time you show up, as busted as you are, I'll never throw you out, man. Right. I'm not leaving you as orphans in this world. You know, no, I got you. Yeah. I'm rolling with you, you know. And really, what, what it feels like nowadays more than anything in my faith is that it's not a... a it's yeah, I'm walking with Jesus, but it, it really doesn't even feel like a walk as much as it feels like I'm just piggybacking <laughs> on my way to heaven. Right, <laughs> right. I jumped on his back, and he's he's carrying, he's doing the work. Right, he's carrying, he's empowering me by the Holy Spirit. He's the one that really does end up getting all the glory. Right, uh, and. And so, yeah, there's nobody out there that Jesus can't love, save, heal, forgive, and redeem. And change from the inside out. Totally. There's nobody nobody out there right now that he can't do that. Could you close us in prayer, Alex? I I feel led to just pray for folks who, I mean, we talked a little bit about relationship and how how busted in relationship can can have us fearful of of entering back in. Yeah. yeah, walking yeah. with other sojourners, I guess. I need a spiritual authority to right. save me. I need some look, right. look for sojourners, right? Yeah. We're on a journey together. Yeah. yeah. Um, could we pray for maybe someone out there that's really having a difficult time getting back into walking with other totally sinful human beings yeah. on this path? Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, let's. Yeah. Let's do it. Some trust issues. Including yeah. me, man. I'll, I'll say it, man. I, I have trust issues. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I've not found um, what I'm looking for yeah. community-wise since it's been over a year. You know, I mean, I, I've got some churches I'm plugging into and some people I like and their family, but I'll be honest, it doesn't feel like home. Trust takes a while, though. It really does, doesn't yeah. it? It takes time for it to be rebuilt. I think it, it, like we were saying earlier, it's going to take some vulnerability. It's going to take a whole lot of risk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what that's what it's going to take. It's going to take some 
are you being nice because you're a Christian or do you really want to walk with me? Are you yeah. are you walking with me because you have to or because you, you get want to. to? Yeah, you get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's it. And and even in in that question that you have with people, that shows how burned you've been because you're like sizing them up, going, "What's this guy's motive? What's his angle? <laughs> exactly. on me? He's trying to get me." Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And, even and, talking uh, with you here today, that's kind of me. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 still yeah, weird, I don't know. man. I don't know. Yeah. 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 You've been through it. You've been through it. Yeah. And so, so have you. Yeah. Yeah. We. Yeah. We. We. Every last person in this world weathers some pretty gnarly storms. And so in post-storm, in the wake of all of it, you know, as the dust settles and you look around at a lot of the damage that's happened, you go, all right, who am I? What am I going to believe? And how am I going to live? And who am I going to live this life with? That's a massive crossroads that so many people are at right now. Yeah. And go, so, so, so what's it about? And as Christians, we go... Who am I? I'm God's son. What am I going to believe? I'm going to believe the gospel. How am I going to live? I'm going to walk in the light. How am I going to live among others? I'm going to trust. I'm going to be open and vulnerable. I'm going to be wise. I'm not just going to open up to everybody in the world about right. everything. But I'm, I'm going to give them authentic friendship. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. All right. I'm getting authentic friendship, and that's that's on that faith. Man. Yeah, I mean, that takes faith to do those things. That's so. It's like, well, where do you get that faith? And you go, God, give it to me. God, would you would you put that in me? Because in and of myself, I can't. I just don't have it in me to believe all those things and try to live that way. God, would you be willing to do that? All right. And that's yeah. That's that's the way forward. All right. Yeah. So let's pray. All right. Let's let's do it. Um, Father, thank you for our time together today. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about your great love for us in our sin. And Jesus, thank you for bearing our sin on the cross. Thank you. We glorify you because of your resurrection. Thank you for the life that we have in you, the grace we receive from you, the love of God that is over our lives, put on display in you. Jesus, we glorify you. Um, for my friends that are listening right now and even us here that's as we struggle with trust God would you help us to trust each other would you help us to be open and vulnerable willing to engage to come out of hiding God I do pray that you would empower us through your Holy Spirit guide us through your Holy Word and help us to live these holy lives as your children filled with your love in your world. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Alex. You bet. We can always lift each other up. We can build a shelter for the
Again, the book is called The Reckless Love of God. The band that I just played, that bumper music, is is 10th Avenue North is the name of the band, and the song is called No Man is an Island. Um, I'm naming the bumper music because I, I don't have a, a music page where you can go and, and see what songs I've played on the podcast, uh, at least here in Season Zero. Um, for season five, I'm looking for a, a, a sponsor to sponsor that uh, because I'm just simply running out of time to, to do the programming, uh, you know, that's on the website there. So I'm just naming the music, which is also helpful, hopefully, to the artists in the bumper music. But if you would like to sponsor that or if you would like to be a co-producer of the ASI podcast, uh, go to ASI247.org, click on the Give button, and you can do it right there via PayPal, all right? Um, not not through Patreon, because most folks who listen to this podcast listen to it anonymously, and I want to protect people's privacy, so that's why it's through PayPal, but you can do a monthly donation uh, to help keep this thing afloat i would certainly appreciate that more than you know um i love you guys i'll be thinking and praying for you um be in prayer for me as i uh try and speak some uh love into my city here in in a few weeks and uh i, I thank you guys for listening till next time Bye.